Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast from me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DP Knack Weddings. And me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone planning a wedding who wants insider knowledge, behind the scenes stories, and downright sensible wedding planning advice. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. How you doing, Danielle? Good, Dan. How are you? I am awesome because I am really pumped to be here and uh, just working on the second episode and getting some awesome content out to some uh, great listeners out there. That is true. It is episode two of our first season. Woohoo! Yeah. So, and today we're talking about how it's your party for everyone else. And we're here to really kind of unpack that idea. So what do you right. think, Danielle? What it means is your party for everyone else. So it's your wedding, obviously, that's happening. That's the whole reason you're having this. But the party itself, the celebration itself, and all the decisions that go into that should be based around your guests. Yeah. So why are we talking about that? I think that we decided this is probably like one of the best ones to start right away as kind of the first episode because it's it's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. And I know it's kind of near and dear to your heart. Definitely. Um, and basically, we just feel like this is really what a wedding day is about um, and really what it should, you know, kind of encompass. Exactly. And what, you know, what I like to do whenever I'm trying to work through things is is not just talk about why it's important, but figure out how you can um, really implement that into mm-hmm. it. So, so Dan and I were talking and we came up with five, five different ways and, and five areas to really apply and and break down all the different ways that you can bring back your focus to it being your party for everyone else because really when else do you have everybody together that you love right for a happy reason for a happy reason right and let me just say from a photography standpoint that it all boils down to the idea that if your guests are enjoying themselves your photos are going to be better (laughs) yeah because they're smiling and they're having a good time everybody's letting loose but if we break down the math a little bit to, to do some basic mathing on today's show. Of everybody that you have invited, roughly, what is the percentage on that, Dan, of, of what are you and your partner? What do you make up for your wedding day? <laughs> I like how you're giving me the math problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, if, all, if you think about it, like all of your friends and family are underneath one roof together. So it really means like you are like one to two percent of the people enjoying your day or less. Or you less. Know, like, so really this experience, even though it's your wedding is so much about like your expression for all of these other people. It's it's about creating an experience for them too because you right. are you know you are a small amount of people there, you know? 
That's very true. And it's about creating experience for them, but still in your personal style. Absolutely, yeah. And I think where sometimes people get steered a little bit off course and where the words like bridezilla and groomzilla come up is when people forget to focus on everybody else and they just focus on that one or less than 1% of themselves and what they want and what they enjoy. And it should right. be it should be encompassing more than just that. And I think no, nobody wants to be called a bridezilla or groomzilla unless you're trying to get on that stupid TV show. <laughs> <laughs> That's so skewed and not even ugh, awful. Have you ever watched that show? <laughs> I have because I'm a girl and it's what I do. <laughs> it's kind of addicting sometimes. It is absolutely addicting. It's good background noise, but it's heartbreaking sometimes to see people lose focus of why they're getting married and what it really means to have, like you said, all your friends and family together under one roof for a happy reason. Right. And I think that one of the best ways to think about it is that you're creating an experience for everyone else. You know, you're creating an experience in your personal style that you know everybody's going to come there and enjoy. So I, I know we've talked about this a bunch, but I feel like if you hold up every decision to that overall theme, you can't go wrong. It's yeah. kind of like the North Star in the sky. Like if you just hold up everything to that, you just can't be steered wrong. Mm-hmm. And hearing you say that too, Dan, it's important to note that when you're planning a wedding, you know, there's, there's different things that are going to be really important to you and your partner. And that's what we mean when we say creating experience in your personal style. So it's, it's about really putting all right. those different things together and saying what's most important to us. Like if you're foodies, you want to yep. give your guests the best meal they ever had in their life. That's amazing, and that's great, and that's what we're talking about. But yep. it's you know it's it's about finding your own way and your own path through this. And just because we give examples in certain ways, that's just from our personal experience. And you know that's that's what right. we're trying to to show you is give you examples so that you could say ah. That's that makes sense to me. Yeah. So Dan and I were talking and we wanted to give you five different ways to really help you focus on going back to this overall theme in your own way. Let's do it. Let's unpack that. Let's unpack it. So the first one that we want to talk about is having a great timeline. And a timeline is something that you build in advance of your wedding day that breaks down roughly when things are going to be happening. Usually if you're working with a coordinator or a planner, you work together with them to help come up with it. You'll also work with all of your other vendors, your photographer, your caterer or venue, your DJ band, whatever it is that's coming in to really help make this day come together for you. But this way you know what time things are happening from when you're getting ready, doing hair and makeup, when you're getting ready for your ceremony, pictures, all those different things that happen. Those things are should be discussed in advance. So when we say timeline, that general flow of events, that's what we're talking about. And I can't stress enough how important it is to consult with your wedding professionals when you're building that timeline. That's so important. So when you're building the timeline, what your goal should be is, first of all, it should be realistic, but to always focus on it being a very smooth flowing day. So from right. your standpoint, Dan, right. you're a photographer. What's, you, what's your take on that? Uh, you know, there are many different ways of approaching a, a wedding timeline, especially from a photographer's standpoint. Uh, some photographers really want a lot of time with the couple, especially, you know, to create a, a lot of different portraits and scenarios and that kind of stuff. Maybe they want some during daylight and they want some during the sunset time. The most important thing is just to talk with your photographer and see what they say. I mean, in my opinion, I really like, you know, about an hour's worth of time. If I can get an hour's worth of time with the couple, you know, after like the family formals are done, after the bridal party pictures are done, that's kind of my ideal time to have with the couple. Now, sometimes, you know, you really have to look at 
Is there time between your ceremony and reception to be able to do that? How long do you have between that? And if you don't have a lot of time, then you might need to consider doing a first look before the ceremony. And again, you know, it just really depends on what is going to work best right. for your wedding day and make it flow best. So for everybody listening, uh, what's a first look? A first look is the non-traditional way that a couple gets to see each other before the ceremony. So we set up a private meeting for the couple where they get to see each other before the ceremony and get some of those get some of those nerves out. You know, it could be a lot of pressure to see each other during the ceremony in front of all those people and they're all looking at you. And so a lot of couples will do a first look because, you know, they want to get some of those nerves out. They they don't want to be in front of all those people if they're going to be emotional. Um, and I've also found that couples do a first look so that they can have a little more time after the ceremony to be with their friends right. and family during cocktail hour. There's definitely a lot of pros in doing first looks. Um, it always goes back to doing what feels best and feels right to you and creates a good party for everyone else. Because remember too, everybody that has come to your wedding wants to spend time with you and celebrate with you. And sometimes yeah. um, it's understandable that you're absent during your cocktail hour, but I can guarantee you that people would much rather see you and love you and congratulate you during your cocktail hour if possible. So would you agree that the overall arching theme when creating a timeline is to really make it smooth and just have kind of minimal downtime between events and options in between for guests to do things. I totally agree. One of the biggest times that you'll see that happen is your ceremony and your reception. There's a little bit of a gap in between the end of your ceremony and the actual start of your cocktail hour. It's a little bit tricky to navigate that as a guest. So say there's a half hour of time. Sometimes a half hour time may help you as far as photos go, but what are the guests going to do during that half hour? Or there's an hour time, or is there a two hour window? What is there? And just think of, if I'm a guest at this wedding, what am I doing? And it's okay to have that gap in there because sometimes that's just the schedule of the day. That's what you need to do. You're working around, you know, two different venues or whatever it is, but just think, what can I give to my guests? What can I pass along to them that says, Hey, you know what? This bar is our favorite bar for this really great appetizer. Go head there and and try it. Or, you know, there's a nice little park. If the weather's nice, uh, maybe take a stroll there. Or maybe you just want to go back to the hotel and freshen up. That's okay, too. I have a few clients that are actually planning a little mini cocktail hour before their cocktail hour, which that's that's what they want to do. And that's what works for them. And that's what they feel their guests. Yeah, that's what they feel their guests are really going to enjoy. So things like that, though, it gets tricky because you have a lot of different pieces that come into play. You have to make sure do you need transportation to and from these places. It's tricky when you're thinking about transportation, because anytime that you're trying to figure and travel, you can't just pull up Google Maps and say, okay, it takes 16 minutes to get from point A to point B. It takes so much longer than that when you're dealing with 10, 15, 20, 40 people getting in and off a bus or a shuttle or whatever it is. It's, it's a lot yeah. that goes into it. And a bus, a shuttle, um, those vehicles cannot travel as fast or as easily as a regular car. And when Google Maps gives you directions, it's based on a small to SUV-sized carts, not based on a bus. They can't go as fast. They can't make the same turn. So it takes them generally at least 10 to 20% longer to actually travel. So it's, you know, all those things as you're building your timeline, you want to be figuring in those extra, those extra nuggets, those extra pockets of time that really um, help with the day that doesn't make the guests feel like they're rushing to get on a shuttle and rush, rush here and rush, rush there and rush, rush there. And on the <laughs> other side, waiting, 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 you know, waiting, waiting, waiting for something exciting to happen. So there, there were a lot of rush, rush, rushes and a lot of waiting, waiting, waitings in there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, 
I, I never like any guests to feel like we're trying to rush them from point A to point B. It's 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 a day off of work for them and they are dressed up to the nines and they're oh, yeah. there to have a really good time. And the more you're like, OK, get on the bus because you got to go here now and go on, go here and go there and go there. And it's you know, it gets a little stressful for everybody. And then that's no fun. Yeah. So once your guests have traveled there. The next thing you have to really consider is the pacing of the formalities, the big events that you have happening at your reception. Like first dance, toasts, parents' dances. Yep. Bouquet and garter toss, all those little kind of things. Are you going to have little fun games happening throughout the night? If the thing you want most is everybody just to like pack the dance floor, do you kind of front load the formalities so that way you just have the most dancing time possible? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different ways to think about it. The, the venue and the DJ will probably help you out a little bit with that. Um, but you again, you have to kind of go back to your overall theme. If you know that maybe it's not going to be, you know, a crazy party, if that's just not how your family rolls, then uh, just take the time to kind of create activities. Maybe there's, you know, a, a little station over in the corner that has a game that you guys really like to play, or there's another uh, station outside, or like there's a cigar bar or something, just activities that your guests can do just to allow them to enjoy themselves. I, I totally agree. I really like it when at the flow of events for the reception has a really nice like wave effect where you're doing something that's a little bit more calm and then it gets more exciting and then it calms down a little bit and and it gets more exciting so that guests don't feel exhausted, um, you yeah. know, at two hours into your reception. It's it's really great to, to really be mindful of that flow and never stopping like mid peak of something really exciting to do something that's a little bit more calm. Like you have to transition from one thing to another. And as Dan said, your your venue, your caterer, your DJ band, especially your coordinator, they're going to really work with you to help build that. But I think if you know what's most important to you and your guests, like Dan said, if you if you know you just want to party on the dance floor all night long, that's the area that you focus on putting a lot of giving that time, a lot of love and as much time as you can get there. And maybe you have a little bit quicker dinner. And like Dan said, maybe you do your formalities, like your your dances and your introductions all before dinner so that after dinner people can just party. It really depends on you and having that overall theme. Yep. So that's that's our first tip. A really great timeline that focuses around a smooth flowing day for you guys and especially your guests. So the second tip. Before the wedding day even arrives. Before the wedding day even arrives. How do your guests get all that information? Right. Because your invitation is only so big and the more information you pack in there, the more post-its you need to spend on sending that invitation. <laughs> Truth. It, so, and we live in a world today where we have a lot of um, really cool tools at our fingertips. And one of those, one of my favorite tools is a wedding website. So tip number two is create a wedding website. Yes, sir. So a wedding website is a website that you usually build yourself. It's not something typically that's professionally done unless one of you is a professional website developer, in which case score. You can do it on several different budget levels, anywhere from free up to not free and a little bit more expensive. It's kind of like you get what you pay for. The wedding website itself can contain really anything you want, but there's certain things that you can add to it that really, really, really help that's three reallys for those counting along at home uh, <laughs> that really help with giving your guests a great experience. I'm a type of person that likes to prepare. I'm a planner by nature. So whenever I am visiting somewhere, I'm always checking the weather, trying to figure out hotel accommodations, directions, logistics, all the different things that go into it. And your wedding website 
should be built around giving all that information to them so that they have to do the least amount of research possible in figuring out what's going on. So I think the first big thing there is directions. Yeah. Everybody needs to know how to get from point A to point B and between all of the different venues and places on the wedding day. Right. And a lot of people, I think it's safe to say, most of us have smartphones now. Your guests probably have a GPS or something similar um, available to them. But I always say it's great to drive your guests route if possible to see if the GPS is giving you the right directions or maybe Google Maps is giving you spot on directions, but Apple Maps is a little wonky. You know, it's it's important to note things like that. Like, hey, if you're using Apple Maps, put in this address instead because it'll get you to a better location. Or even better, if, if your event is someplace a little bit unique or, or out in the woods a little bit, you know, hey, keep an eye out for this yeah. sign. You'll make a left there. Um, we miss that turn a lot and we don't want you to miss it either. Little things like that will go a really long way in your guest eyes. Right. And don't forget that good old paper <laughs> and pencil or printer ink. Um, is just as effective too. So, you know, if it's somewhere really, really simple, if everything's really, really close to each other, you you can always just write down, um, you know, Mm -hmm. go out of the parking lot, make a right, you know, keep it really simple. Um, If, uh, you know, if Aunt Sally doesn't have a smartphone, um, everybody needs just those regular directions too. Exactly. And I I think that's a really great point. Not everybody necessarily has one. Uh, The second really great thing I think is to have your details on hotels. So, In a lot of cases, you've got a lot of guests traveling in from out of town, and you've probably set up room blocks at one, two, three, whatever hotels in the area. Your wedding website is an amazing place to put the name of the hotel, the website for the hotel, so guests can look into it and let them know that room block code or whatever um, whatever little snippet that they the hotel gave you so that the guest knows when they're calling in what to put the, um, the reservation under. That way, too... If you're doing out-of-town guest bags, which we're going to talk about actually next, the guest is properly registered under your room block. They're not just staying at that hotel. They're going to be covered in there so that when they check in, they know they get a guest bag. Like I said, we're going to talk about that in a second, but um, it's a really great thing. You can have all your information on there. Uh, What's another good thing, Dan, that we can put on there? So once everybody's at the hotel, obviously you need to let them know, you know, how they need to get from the hotel to either the ceremony or the reception. If you're going to schedule all that for them, if you're going to have a trolley or a bus, then you just need to let them know that again on the website. If they need to drive themselves and mm-hmm. they should, you know, be there at a certain time, all those little things need to be accounted for. And you can't put too much detail on there. Really spell it out for everybody and make it as easy as possible for them. Exactly. The more information, the better. Yes, definitely. The next big thing I think that you should put on your website is your gift registry. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody loves gifts. Everybody loves to get things in the mail and everybody loves to get presents. So if you want people to give you presents, you should let them know how to give you those presents. Right. And it's a big faux pas to put any type of gift gift registry information on your invitation. It's it's a big, big, big no-no. So putting it on your website is a really sneaky way <laughs> to get people to get people to your gift registry. Because what you can do on your invitation is put your website URL, your website link on that invitation. And from there, they can find out all the information that they could possibly want, like we've been talking about, and your gift registry. Yeah, and share your wedding website with everybody. Just make it known that that's how you get all the information for your wedding. Exactly. If you're worried about privacy or anything like that, there are certain sites that allow you to put a password or a PIN code in before actually viewing any of the information. 
And your wedding website really is also more than just like just informative things. You can right. also have a little fun with it. You know, put your engagement story on there. Put, Aww. you know, your your story on there. Put, you know, uh, the story from your individual perspectives on there. I always thought that was kind of fun when I got to read some of my couple's stories from like each of their perspectives. I Me thought too. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's some people coming from out of town who are bringing a plus one that you've never met. And it's just like that maybe that can create a bonding experience. I completely agree. And it gives you something to talk about too. It gives you talking points. Another great thing you can put on there is attire suggestions. Um, attire, not like a wheel tire, uh, clothing attire, so that <laughs> your guests are ready and what to pack and what to wear and what to have available. For example, if your wedding is out in the middle of the woods and it's a lot of dirt paths, you can say, hey, we're going to be doing um, a little bit of walking on rough terrain, so we don't recommend wearing heels or only wear heels if you're really brave or maybe your venue gets a little bit chillier at night. Tell them, you know, yep. bring a wrap or a jacket or a sweater or if your event is black tie, that's a great place to put it that, hey, you know, this is a black tie event, dress to the nines, you know, we can't wait to see you. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast from Maine or if you're listening to this podcast from Florida, you might have very different sets of attire that you have to consider. Exactly. And if your guests are traveling in from out of town, maybe they don't know your environment um, of where your wedding's happening. So giving them that little inside scoop makes them feel so much more confident when they're showing up already ready to go with their pashmina and their tux. <laughs> <laughs> pashmina. Another thing to put on there is whether your wedding is adults only or kids only. <laughs> not kids only i mean kids invited i would love a kids only wedding <laughs> talk about like milk and cookies and cupcakes and uh if kids are not invited uh maybe you could give a list of babysitter recommendations or maybe you're providing a a babysitter at the reception there's like a special area where you know mm -hmm. kids are just going to hang out and have their own activities and own things to do <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that's a question I get asked a lot is how do I make it known that my reception is adult only and obviously that's something that needs to be stated politely on an invitation because that's who you're inviting and it needs to be gently stated there but you can really nail that concept home on your website you know tell them like hey these are some cool places you can send your kids while you're partying with us at the celebration they're going to get the hint by that that kids are not invited um you could or you can say it even a lot more um informally and say hey we love you and we love kids and we love your kids but we want to make this an adult only celebration and we we appreciate you respecting that you can really go into that a little bit more or even why you're doing it awesome so tip number two was create a wedding website yes yeah, so we've got the first one is a great timeline second one we've created a wedding website and our third one welcoming guests with out-of-town guest bags. So Danielle, what are out-of-town guest bags? Out-of-town guest bags are bags, they're welcoming bags that are given to your guests once they check into the hotel. You create them, you give them to the hotel, and as your guests check in, the hotel sees, hey, they're under this room block, they get this bag. Obviously, you can put anything you want into the bag, but there are certain things that will really go a long way with your guests. You keep it really simple. A timeline is really, really good thing to put in it. Um, just information if there's like an after wedding brunch. Uh, directions and pickup times also can go in there. Emergency contact numbers can go in there. Just keep it really, really simple and informative, but then also have a little bit of fun with it. I like to see when couples put like little goodies in there that are just quintessential to the area that they're getting married in. So we're in the Philly area. So Tasty Cakes, which are these little um, cupcake 
How would you describe them? They're little cupcake. If you think of like Twinkies, it's kind of like that kind of thing. Just like really tasty cakes. <laughs> see what I did there? I see what you did there. Um, pretzels are another popular thing. If you're getting married out in Hershey, Pennsylvania, they do Hershey's chocolate a lot. What's, what's another one? Or if um, maybe you're getting married in New York, or you could just do something really silly and put like an apple in there as, as long as it's a big one. Get it? Big apple? <laughs> no, but seriously, if your wedding is at like a winery or something, maybe you could give, you know, some of the local wine or, um, you know, allow it to just kind of match the theme of your wedding and just kind of tie that whole theme together and give your guests a great experiences from the moment that they get there. Exactly. Even two bottles of water and some mints. Yep. Great. A little welcome from you, like Dan said, a timeline. This is what time the shuttle's picking up, or this is what time the ceremony is. Um, this is who to call in case you need something, and don't make that person you. You will not have your phone on you as much as you think on your wedding day. <laughs> Give that role to a, a, a good uncle or a brother or cousin, somebody who knows the area and can help people out. So that's our third one. And the fourth one is something that is very near and dear to my heart, obviously, which is to hire a wedding coordinator. Now, before Danielle goes into that, I'm going to give a little shameless plug ah. because I'm I'm not a wedding coordinator, but I've had, you know, some experiences with them. And, uh, you know, for our wedding, I think going back to, you know, what I've said a bunch of times throughout this episode is that, you know, our, our major goal was to just make sure that everybody had a really, really great time. And we wanted a point person who was really not associated with our wedding. Uh, we didn't want our parents to have to do anything. We didn't want our bridal party to have to do anything, any aunts or uncles or anything. By the time we got to our wedding, Danielle knew more about our wedding than we did. Um, she knew exactly what time all of our wedding pros were going to get there. She was kind of like our point person. She was our sounding board. You know, we we contacted her, you know, whenever we kind of had a question or something. Um, and she was just right there kind of like steering the helm of our wedding day ship into the seas of calm waters. Good ship reference. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but no, so having somebody really throughout the entire day and you know, at the very end of the day, just really kind of keeping a watchful eye and whenever making sure everything kind of went as scheduled. And when little hiccups happened, she just smoothed them out without us even knowing. Like, I mean, it was a, such a simple thing, but it made such a difference to me when my button popped off of my jacket. And then I was just like, here, Danielle, I don't know what to do. Uh, and you sewed it back on and then you gave it back to me. And then in the evening when, you know, the envelopes uh, from all the cards of our guests and, you know, our gifts kind of were able to make it into my car. All that stuff was packed up. Um, all of the 18 glass globes, Danielle helped, you know, kind of pack those into boxes and made sure that those were able to get into my car. It was just all these like little things that you don't really consider and that we didn't want to have to give to any of our guests so that they could just like focus on just doing exactly what we wanted them to do, which was just having a great time. Now that I've given you my kind of biased take on why you should uh, hire a wedding coordinator, hear it from Danielle herself. <laughs> well, I, I think, and I appreciate everything that you said, Dan, because working with you and Rachel was just was great. You guys are two really kind and thoughtful people, and that's shown right through your whole wedding day. So you. you're welcome. Um, there are all kinds of different wedding coordinators who have different styles. So I can only speak for my style and how I do things along with my team. But what I try to do for, for you is really 
work with you throughout the process so that as you're making decisions, as you're going through all the different chapters of being engaged, you have somebody on your team that is not only your friend, but has a really good working knowledge of the wedding industry and how it all comes together. You have a sounding board, as Dan said. You have you have that person that's there on your team who knows so much about your wedding and can really advise you based on all of the details of your wedding. Not what the knot might say is the average whatever or the average budget for flowers. That's great, but it doesn't really apply to you. And having that wedding coordinator on your team gives you that, like I said, that best friend, but who also has a really good knowledge of you and your wedding day and your partner, because that's why you're planning in this wedding is to have that experience. And our job as your coordinator, as it gets closer to the wedding day is to continue learning and continue learning specifically about you and your partner. So that on the wedding day, every decision that I make is based on what you and your partner would make, not what I would make personally, based on what you and your partner would make. If I know that the way the napkins were folded is super special to you because that's how the napkins were folded at your grandparents' wedding, then that's something that I'm going to say to the venue when I see that they're folded wrong, that, hey, we need to fix this. This is not right. Um, There's all these different things that come into a, a wedding day. And I like to I like to always make, you know, different comparisons. I feel like a wedding day from a couple point of view is similar to Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know about you, Dan, but my Thanksgiving is always my mom cooking dinner in the kitchen. She is brilliant at it, but she's exhausted by the end of the day. She's worrying about everybody getting fed. Is everybody have drinks? She's worrying about not overcooking something. I know we always leave something in some microwave oven. Something is always left in there that we totally forget about. And by the end of the day, my mom is exhausted because she's trying to be this beautiful host. And she is, she's the most amazing host. Um, but it's, it's tiring. And when you go into your wedding day, it's a really similar thing, but you don't want to be that person that's in the kitchen cooking. I want to be that person that takes care of all that. So you get to be the Thanksgiving host without ever having to actually touch the turkey, not literally cooking because I'm lucky if I can knock out mac and cheese. <laughs> but but you want you want somebody who knows everything that's going on is making decisions exactly how you would and acting on it so that you can just enjoy your time with your partner, your new spouse. I mean, that's incredible. And your family and your friends and all these amazing people that have come to celebrate with you guys. And that's I think the biggest thing a coordinator can do is give you that opportunity. So yeah, I could probably talk about what reasons why you should hire a wedding coordinator for a few hours, but that's our that's our fourth tip. <laughs> but check her out seriously <laughs> at DP Neck on Instagram, just about anywhere. Yeah, I'm anywhere at DP Neck, DP N A K. So yeah. So our first tip was that great timeline. Second tip was the wedding website. We talked about having those out of town guest bags, and now we just talked about hiring a wedding coordinator. And we've got one more to go. Dan, what's the fifth tip? The fifth tip is really my favorite because. It really allows you to express yourself. Uh, so the fifth tip is just to personalize your wedding in a way that showcases you and your partner's interests and what you're really all about. What's the essence of of the two of you and put that into your wedding. So really just ask yourself, what mm-hmm. do you like? And then what do your guests like? And how can you tie those two things together? So for example, like depending on your wedding, you know, should you have lawn games and a campfire or should you have a cigar bar and like whiskey or scotch tasting? Right. And say you want to find a unique way to entertain people during your cocktail hour. Maybe you have a string quartet playing music, or maybe you have a strolling magician doing card tricks for everybody. 
or bring it back to the decorations and the things you have going on through your day. If you are big book readers, maybe you incorporate books into your centerpieces. If you guys enjoy drinking wine, maybe the place cards are wine bottle openers. Maybe the readings that you have at your ceremony are something that are near and dear to your heart, but pass along a really sweet and endearing message of of love and celebration. So Danielle, you've seen a bunch of different weddings. Was there any weddings that you've been to that you really thought that the couple did a great job at creating an experience that really spoke to who they were? Definitely. Um, Gosh, I'll have to think about it. But probably one of my favorite was I had a couple that was just incredibly awesome to work with. And they ended up foregoing a more traditional DJ or band for their reception. And they opted to bring in casino tables. And it was done in a really, really great way. Everybody was given, I think, 500 fake dollars. And the guests just gambled all night long with fake money. And it was, it was great. People were entertained. Drinks were being passed. Food was being passed. After they ate dinner, they still had some things going on. Um, I think they had a Frank Sinatra singer uh, just kind of strolling around in the background. But the whole thing came together and it showcased them as a couple. Um, and it did it in a really unique sort of way. And their guests had an amazing time. Gosh, you know, and from a photography standpoint, they were creating an experience where people were just able to have fun and enjoy themselves. And that makes my life so easy um, because for me, you know, the wedding day is not like a big photo shoot. It's a wedding day, and I'm trying to capture a lot of pictures of, you know, the couple and their relationship, and then the relationship that they have with their guests and friends and family. So when guests are having like a really great time and enjoying themselves doing something that the couple really loves, it just makes my job so easy. Ultimately, like I said in the very beginning, if your guests are having fun and smiling and enjoying themselves, your photos are going to be even better. And there's different options too, depending on your venue. Talk with them and see what are things that you can do? What are things that you can't do? There's certain restrictions and there's certain ideas that venues have that if you don't ask, maybe maybe they don't know that you're yeah. interested in that. So so sit down with your partner and talk about it and see see what you'd like to do. And it never hurts to ask. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when Rachel and I were planning our wedding, um, I really love this idea of, you know, our our reception looking like it felt to be there. So I really like really wanted to have like a lot of lights and a lot of things flashing. We had uplighting and we had uh, gobos and breakups, you know, all over the place. Um, but one of the things I really wanted to do was have confetti <laughs> um, just because I'm a little kid. You were really excited about the confetti. <laughs> I was really excited about the confetti. And that was a that was a surprise you did for Rachel. It was like five people knew about it. And I asked the venue about it and they were like, you know, a little, cons- they expressed a little bit of concern um, about like the cleanup and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if it would affect my guest experience, because like, you know, there would be confetti raining down on people sitting in front of the, the tables in front of the confetti cannons. But, you know, we kind of worked through it and I was able to, you know, do this as a kind of a big surprise. And, you know, that that was just something I was really, really excited about. And I I knew the venue probably wasn't super pumped about it, uh, but, you know, I was able to do it and, you know. Um, it worked out great, and it it was probably one of my favorite parts. And Rachel was really, really excited because she didn't even know about it. She was so excited. Everybody was so excited when the first confetti cannon went off. Um, everybody was on the dance floor. Dinner was over. Everybody was just getting their groove on on the dance floor, and the confetti cannon went off, and everybody's faces just lit up with just like childlike joy. <laughs> uh, Rachel went running over there from like halfway across the dance floor, and was just like, "Is this a surprise? Is this a surprise?" And I was like, "Yes, is this a surprise?" <laughs> Because Rachel knew there was a surprise, mm-hmm. just didn't know what the surprise was. Poor Rachel all day was probably just like 
waiting <laughs> for like, <laughs> what's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> uh, all day long, she was just like, or all, you know, as the whole entire like, planning experience, I was like, I got surprises for you. I got surprises for you. And she was just like, oh, no. <laughs> but it came together and it was really, really lovely. It was it was very lovely. That's a very good word for it. So just to wrap up, we talked about those five areas that Dan and I both feel are great areas of your wedding to focus on that really make a huge impact from your guest point of view. So like we said, it's your party for everyone else. So the first tip we talked about was having a really great timeline, creating a smooth flowing day for everybody involved. The second tip was creating a wedding website so that all of your guests have all the information that they could possibly need. You're a little bit about you story, things like that. The third tip was the out-of-town guest bags, that welcoming bag that's going to be at your hotel for when your guests check in that has a little bit of information and maybe a snack or two. Our fourth tip, hiring a wedding day of coordinator, someone who's going to be there acting as your contact for the day, taking care of all those little details that are going to come up. And finally, the fifth tip, personalizing your wedding day, personalizing it in a way that showcases you and your partner so that your guests really get to see everything that makes you guys you and in a way that's really enjoyable for them. Well, there you have it. Thanks everyone for listening. We really could not do this without you. We are a new podcast and we'd love it if you could help us grow by clicking subscribe and reviewing us. By subscribing and reviewing us, you'll help us get onto that new and noteworthy section of iTunes. In addition, you can also sign up on the website, putaringonitpodcast.com for first-hand notifications of new podcasts, show notes, all kinds of good stuff. And if you go to this episode's page on the website, which is putaringonitpodcast.com slash 002, you can sign up to receive the Put A Ring On It podcast ultimate wedding planning checklist. It's going to break down everything, what you should be doing and when by month. It's a really handy tool and we think you guys are going to love it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, guys. Bye.